John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcast. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one. And thank you guys for listening. There he is. What's up, C. Rosie? Yeah, so you uh, do you remember FaceTiming me uh, last night on your way home from the Rams game? Yeah, of course, man. You, I couldn't hear anything you said. I'm pretty sure you probably couldn't hear anything I was saying, but... No, I was in a room watching the uh, watching the Sunday night game at that point. Yeah, you looked great yesterday. I got to start off with that. Yeah, well, like I said, it was all good lighting, hair, and makeup. In fact, look, I mean, my hair still doesn't. It doesn't. It's not like crap like most days. <laughs> Actually, uh, hanging in there. You need a shower. Uh, not yet. No, did not shower. Okay, I will later today. I got to do this. Then I have a podcast I got to tape, which I'll be talking about momentarily. And then I got to work out, and then it's shower time. So there's my schedule. But let's get it going. Yeah, let's do it. The Monday edition of Baseball Today. So uh, we finally got a lot of clarity on what happened. All 10 teams have punched their playoff ticket. The American League wildcard game coming your way tomorrow will be Yankees and Red Sox. Were you a little ticked off? There wasn't even more chaos. A little bit. You know, I think that uh, that was a lot of the fun leading into yesterday was going over all the different scenarios. And I think, you know, we talked about it a lot. We wanted the chaos. We wanted, you know, A, B, C teams, all these weird things that I didn't even know existed. But in the end, Chris, I think I think these are the matchups, like, that make the most sense. Yankees, Red Sox in a one game. I mean, that is going to be electric tomorrow. And then even right. in the NL, like, look, Giants did their thing, so now we have Dodgers-Cardinals, which has its own storied history in the playoffs. You know, they got this big, badass Dodgers team going up against, yep. like, a Cardinals team that basically just got hot at the right time. I'm excited for the matchups, even though there wasn't, you know, those crazy situations. Yeah, so I was rooting for at least one 163. Yeah. I was hoping for multiple 163s like we had a couple of years ago. We didn't get them. It's okay. I would like to say thank you to all the baseball teams and all the players out there who made the last week so dramatic because with as few division uh, matchups that were, were tight going into the last couple weeks, I thought, man, boy, the last week's going to be kind of boring. No. And also thank you to teams like the Baltimore Orioles. We took two out of three from the Red Sox last week when we didn't think it was possible for making things so interesting. But I'll give credit to some teams. Yesterday, when Washington had a 5-1 lead late, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to get at least Toronto taking on Boston on Monday, mm-hmm. and that will be a killer game. And you knew pretty early that the Giants were going to walk all over the Padres, and, you know, there wasn't going to be any dreams of a 163 between the Giants and Dodgers, a one game. The other team has to move on to a do-or-die series. The other team will have the World Series go through their home. We didn't get it. I w- I'm not going to say I'm pissed. I'm a little sad because I love watching more baseball that counts. A 163 for the division would have been incredible. Yes. yes. But, you know, I, I'm actually happy for the Giants because they I proved – They ended up at the end – I mean, they proved everybody wrong because they won 107 games. But if they would have got caught by the Dodgers and then lost the division, we all could have pointed and said, like, I told you so. But that would have been dumb of us to say, and it didn't happen. All right, let's move on. 
Did you feel worse for Seattle or Toronto that they didn't make it? Ah, this is a tough one. I think it's Seattle because they were more like emotional about it. You know, you saw Kelnick, you saw JP, uh, you know, basically in tears. You know, they yep. were, it was so emotional for them. Like they got the city completely behind them. And when that happens, I mean, it's heavy on you, and you want you want to do well by the city, and like they did, even though they didn't end up making the the playoffs. Uh, Seattle, the the Mariners have kind of gotten back into that city's like good graces, I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, next year is going to be great. I know we keep saying that to them; they don't want to hear that right now. Mariners fans, Mariners players don't want to hear that right now. Um, but the amount of games they played in, they were high leverage. It's only going to suit them for the next, you know, five, six years. So I am more sad for them. I'm sad for the Blue Jays, too, because they have a hell of a team, and they're going to lose some guys that meant a lot to them. You know, Simeon, we'll see what happens with him. Ray, we'll see what happens with him. Those are two, you know, mainstays for their lineup, and they're not going to be back next year. Um, but to answer your question, I think Seattle's a little, a little more sad. Well, listen, I, I love seeing the emotion out of a young guy like Jared Kelnick, who you could see – Hopefully the talent transfers over, but he wants to be the face of that franchise so badly. He wants to be. I mean, he, you know, a week ago after having a huge hit and a win, he called on everybody, show up for the Angels series. And they showed up yeah. and they sold out that house. And I thought that was such a, a big step for that franchise. With all that being said, there's a reason I'm wearing a red maple leaf on my hat today. And it's because of the Blue Jays. They had a plus minus different run differential of 183. There are six playoff teams that aren't that good in that category. They were kicking the shit out of teams. That offense would scare any pitching staff to death. And then when you factor in that all their players essentially got traded twice this year, right? Mm -hmm. They started out in Dunedin. Then they went to Buffalo. And then they finally got to Toronto. They didn't have a home. They were a bunch of nomads. Did you ever hear anybody complaining about their situation? Not once. Not once. And they won more than 90 games, and they kicked everybody's ass. And this weekend, they didn't tiptoe around the Orioles. They laid the thunder on them early in every game. And they said, we are here. And I think they went something like 23-7 and or 23, whatever it was. They had a great September record. They did everything right, man. They just barely missed out on the postseason party. So I feel for those players, and I feel for those fans who went the entire 2020 season without seeing their team and two thirds of this season or half of this season without seeing their team. I agree. You know, and they, they made moves when they needed to make moves. They went and got Barrios, you know, so they made some adjustments to their bullpen. So they went for it, man. And it just camped sure a little did. bit short. Uh, yep. They ended up going Chris September 19 and nine and then October three and zero. Oh, so 22 and nine. That's the way to do it, man. So yeah, they put up good baseball, both teams, you know, were, Awesome to watch. Yeah. But you can only have uh, so many, Chris. Love... What's that? You can only have so many in the playoffs. I know. I know. And that's why, you know, I, I'm not a fan of expanding the playoffs anymore. I don't Mm-mm. think. 10 out of 30, 33%. The other sports like NBA and NHL, it's more than half of the teams that make it. NFL has gotten bigger. You know, there's 14 out of 32 that make it. I think 10 a good number, to be honest with you. I do think we're going to have – and we're not going to talk about it today. I do think we have to – rethink the playoff plan, the one-game playoff for the wild card. We'll, we'll touch on that I, at some point. I, I'm, I'm going to thank goodness for the extra wild card. 
Because if oh, yeah. we would have been wrapped up, the Dodgers and the Giants would have had the wild card wrapped up, what, three months ago? <laughs> I don't even yeah. know. You know what I mean? So it's been one of the best things to be implemented into our sport is the extra wild card. But I do agree who is in that game needs to change from, like, the division. I don't know. We'll talk about that later. It's a, it's a different day. We're yeah. not going to solve that on the Monday edition of baseball today. <laughs> but I do want to let you know that the final week of the regular season has come and gone, but still you have your chance to collect the players and moments that made this season so unforgettable with Topps Bunt MLB Card Trader app. Topps Bunt is the official digital trading card app of MLB and the MLB Players Association and releases new content every day featuring your favorite players, both past and present, as well as iconic moments like teams punching their tickets to the postseason party and more. The app is, this is key, free to play, and collectors from around the world come together to connect, collect, and play their collections in real-time scoring contests to win in-app prizes. So build the ultimate digital baseball collection, craft or trade in lesser-valued cards for more rare ones. You can play the card wheel to win a prize with every spin, and... <clears throat> excuse me there, complete missions to unlock new content. Topps Bunt 21 will also be the premier destination for the playoff party. So it doesn't end today. Download the Topps Bunt app now in the iTunes App Store and Google Play. And I need a sip of water. <laughs> Dude, I was yelling all day doing football highlights, so Monday gets to be a little bit of a struggle bus for me. I love but. that. All right, so uh, it took a full 162 games, but the San Francisco Giants are NL West champions for the first time since 2012. The Giants' year, is that the most surprising finish, good or bad, of any of the 30 teams this year? Uh, pr probably. I think it is, Chris. You know, this is, a, this is a team, I think, that was projected for something like 80 wins. Um, pretty much everyone wrote them off. Pocota, <laughs> by the way, Pocota had them at 75. 75? Yeah. Um, it was, it's a ragtag roster, you know, it's aging veterans that are kind of out of their prime. It's a castaway manager. It's guys from different organizations that were let go late night in Lamont. The twins just gave them up for nothing. So I think it's a real testament to kind of the structure, the organization that they're building over there. You know, it's, it's not go out and necessarily go get the best players it's guys they think they can make a lot better they're finding value in these guys gossman's a prime example of that they said this guy's got the stuff let's tweak a few things we can make him an ace it did that a couple other guys that did that uh, they approach everything differently you know uh, from the way they talk to their players from to the way they hit batting practice and everything has worked and nobody saw it coming except for mm -hmm except for maybe Gabe Kapler and the rest of his coaching staff and the player development over there. So huge surprise there. We talk about it all the time. There was never a point in the season where they just weren't on this trajectory. Right. They just were winning. They never just, they never had a lull in their winning. They won, they won, they won. And at the end, it was just enough. Shocked. I'm still shocked. shocked. I know I'm, you're shocked. shocked. I know I mean, you're I'm shocked. I'm not shocked anymore because I watched them play. Yeah. I'll be the, first one to admit that I was dead wrong. And by the way, there's a pretty, you could fit many plainfuls of people that are shocked and were shocked by what the Giants did. Even the most ardent Giants fan will say, I was shocked. You thought, if you put it all together, 85 wins at best. In part yeah. because of the division they were playing in, right? You know about the Dodgers. I mean, look what the Dodgers did. They won a freaking 106 games. And you expected the Padres to be an elite team. They were a second-half dumpster fire. 
With all that being said, the Giants led the National League with 241 home runs, despite not having one guy that hit 30. They had way too many guys, in my opinion, that they were still paying big money contracts to for what they did in 2012 and 2014, and not necessarily what they had done the last few years. And the pitching staff was a bunch of guys that were signed on one-year deals, essentially. That's not a way to build a roster to, con to win 107 games. But it worked. And it shocked the world. And to me, it's the best story. If I were to put a, a number two seed, I would split it between the Minnesota Twins, who were severely disappointing and became a seller, and the San Diego Padres. If you had told me after the month of May that that team would finish two games better than the Detroit Tigers in the standings, I would have smacked you. Yeah. I, I was. I didn't want to talk about the Twins. Okay, Chris? Like, that's a tough one. But at the same time, I, I feel like you could see that coming. They just not, – Not that bad. Not in that division. Not that bad, but they just they didn't have the pitching staff. It was, again, a question mark for them. So – I can, you know, you could have seen them faltering, not winning that division, but not like you said, they finished last in the division, which is insane. Right. I think the Braves is another good one. Halfway through the year, you you lose Acuna, you kind of write these guys off, and here they are in the playoffs. So I think they're another surprise, but the Giants definitely. Yeah, I mean, geez, absolutely. Man. All right, let's move on to the team that finished one game behind the San Francisco Giants out west. That would be the L.A. Dodgers. What's your consolation prize? You get to play a one-game playoff against the hottest team in the month of September. That's the St. Louis Cardinals and Adam Wainwright. Oh, the worst news, you're going to do it without Clayton Kershaw and Max Muncie, who are probably both out for the entire playoff run, no matter how long that lasts. Can the Dodgers win the World Series without those two? Yes. Yes, this is an exercise in depth. This is why they're so freaking good. Go ahead and – I mean, look, you want those guys, obviously. But I don't think – was Kershaw going to be – I hate saying this, but look, you got Bueller, Scherzer, and Urias. I don't know if you placed Kershaw in front of those guys. I bet they would have, but like – No, but if they're going to make if they're gonna make a run, you can go talking about beating the St. Louis Cardinals. He wasn't going to pitch in that series unless it was out of the pen in some sort of critical situation anyway. You but can, he was going to be at least their fourth starter, and that's a pretty damn good fourth starter. Of course it is. I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from Kershaw, but you can do it with a three-headed monster. We've seen it done before. Muncie, okay. I think, might even be a bigger blow uh, just because how the at-bats that he gives you throughout the, the game, like he, he sees pitches. He's going to get up there and work the pitcher. That helps a lot in the, in the postseason. That's a big blow to them, but, like, you still look at their lineup and look, you know, one through nine, they can still fill it out, and you're like, holy shit, A.J. Pollock is hitting, you know, wherever he's hitting. He's been going off. So, like, if a couple of these guys continue to stay hot, I think that they can continue to win. Muncy's a devastating blow. Yeah. I mean, and that, that looked horrible yesterday with his elbow. A lot of people thought it was a wrist. It ended up being an elbow. They're going to get a further MRI today. Here's the problem. If the Dodgers upend the Cardinals in the wild card game on Wednesday, they then face the Giants. Who was the best hitter against the Giants this year? Yeah, yeah, I know, man. Max Muncy had an OPS of 105.6 and eight homers in 67 at-bats against San Francisco. And go pull it out of the ocean while you're at it. That's, that's a tough one to replace. So what it means is, yes, they have tremendous depth. But it means that Pujols is probably getting more playing time at first base than you want to give him. Yeah, I'll, I'll 
have him at first against Alex Wood and feel good about it. But do I really want him hitting against Webb and Gossman in games one and two? I'm not so sure about that. Does that mean that you take Bellinger and put him at first base where he hasn't played a lot of first base? And I know, I know he's had some huge hits down the stretch. But there's a, that's a monumental drop-off this season from yeah. Max Muncy to Cody Bellinger. Wouldn't you agree? That's the thing is Belly has to step up. Cut the hair, change the, the hands in the stance. Like he's trying to figure it out. He did have a home run. He hasn't been great. Obviously, the whole year has been abysmal for him. But this is the postseason. And when your numbers are not in front of you on the Jumbotron anymore, Chris, when he's not seeing that 172 up there, you know, as big as it can be, and now he gets to start over, I think this might help him a ton. He knows he's going to play now. He knows he's going to play. And now mm -hmm. the numbers start over. They don't necessarily need Belly to be 2018 Belly, but damn, it would help. Or 2019 Belly, whichever one it is. It's going to be really interesting. I can't wait to see the, the lineup they trot out there against Adam Wainwright. It's going to be fascinating. I mean, does Pujols get a start on Wednesday because he's so familiar with the guy or not? No, I don't think so. Okay. We'll talk about it then. Lastly, congratulations to Rose Rotation co-host. Miguel Rojas, who improved his managerial record to 2-0, and besting the Philadelphia Phillies. I love this that Don Mattingly does it. I, I think every non-contending team on the last weekend of the season, as long as they're not playing in a game that's meaningful, should have a guy be the manager for a day. I love it. Miguel really appreciates it. He explained it on his last episode of the Rose Rotation, why it was so challenging the first time around, and it was great. I think one day he's going to be a major league manager if he wants to go that direction. Give me one other active player who you think will end up in the dugout as a skipper one day. I think the easiest answer is Stephen Vogt. Because I know he wants to coach, and he would be a great manager because he's able to relate to everybody. He's played in the winter leagues in Dominican and Venezuela. Like, I think that's really important. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think he's probably like the one candidate where everyone's like, yeah, he's going to do Easy. it. Um, you got another one? Yeah, well, I knew you were going to take Stephen Vogt. I know. And yes, I believe in Stephen Vogt. <laughs> I believe in Stephen yeah. Vogt. Um, two other guys, both catchers. Okay. I don't know how much interest Yadier Molina has in it. He's made an awful lot of money. I think that when you have that much money at the end of your career, do you really want to go do that grind? Do you want to be part of an organization where a lot of the calls are made from the front office these days? I don't know. Is he smart enough and is he well-respected enough to do it? 1,000%. Oh, yeah. uh, there's no question about it. I think he could do it. And the other name I'd throw out there is JT Real Muto. It's interesting. We all pick catchers. All catchers. It's so cliche. You can't ever go with a – but I really looked up and down the rosters and – without knowing about, you know, the mentality of, let's say, a fourth outfielder, you know, like a guy like a Gabe Kapler, mm -hmm. who wasn't a full-time starter throughout his career. You know, there aren't a lot of – let's start with this. There aren't a lot of stars that become managers. Like Don Mattingly's a rarity in this sport. I, I, I agree with you, partly because it's like – it's a grind. And who wants to subject themselves to that after they've already grinded their whole life? Right. I'll say another one for you. It's not a catcher. Kike. I was thinking Kike. Mm -hmm. I was in part because two reasons. You go first. You you said it. You go first. I think that he is in love with the game. 
-hmm. And that's kind of what you need. Because he's also successful, doesn't need to do that for money or anything. But I think he just loves the game, wants to be around the game. It'd be inter I'm interested to see if, his, if he's wants to go like the broadcasting on TV route or if he wants to be in the dugout with the boys. Because I think he could do both. I agree. A few other things that I think come into play here is that he's been a grinder. He's never had one full position. Yeah. You know, he's always had to prove himself wherever he's been whether it's Houston, Miami, Los Angeles, Boston. Um, so he's, and he's a guy that can – he has enough swag where he can hang with the superstars but also understand what the 25th or 26th guy in the roster is going through. Yes. I think it's immensely helpful that he's bilingual. Yes. Uh, you know, I think that's really important. Uh, and w one of his buddies, Justin Turner, is one other guy who I think about, but I think Justin actually wants to do front office stuff. He and I haven't talked a lot about it. Yeah. He's another guy that loves the game. Of He's, that, that boy's a grinder. That boy's what we call a rat right there, Chris. Yeah. That's a yard yeah. rat. That's a good one. And Kike, I think we, you touched on the bilingualism. I think that's going to be a prerequisite for a managerial job in the future. Like, you just, mm -hmm. you need it. If you want to relate, if you want to relate to your Latin players, which you know, look, let's just be honest with you, probably going to be some of your superstars. These guys are incredible. You got to be able to talk to them like for real and you on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's helpful. I wish I say this all the time. I was a terrible, terrible at foreign language. Like I took Latin in seventh and eighth grade. I sucked at that because my parents thought it would help with my English SAT scores, and it didn't do shit. I was a moron. So I had that. And then because I took Latin, I could take an accelerated French course like my brother did. But my brother went to Yale. He's a brainiac. I'm an idiot. I sucked at that. I got like a C plus. And then I didn't even, you know, I didn't even uh, grade out for a foreign language when I get to college. So I had to do it again. And I took Spanish and I didn't, I didn't yeah. pay attention closely enough. And I wish I had. I tell this to my kids all the time. I said, if I could walk into a clubhouse and have a full on conversation with Vlad Jr. or somebody, that would have helped me immensely. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm an idiot. Plus, I could have called BattleBots in Spanish, <laughs> which I thought would have been kind of cool. Not, not me. Not too late, bro. That's true. It's not too late. But it's it really is too late. Okay. All right, what do you have coming up on John Boy? I don't really know, dude. I'm going to bat. We're doing Talking Baseball Live in about <laughs> 10 minutes. I don't know what we're going to do. It's a whole new format of the show. Playoffs are here. I'm leaving today. I'm catching a bird right. out to New York. So, yeah, so are you going to be able to do this show tomorrow? Yeah, from New York. Live from New York? I think. Um, yeah, I'm going to make time for it, Chris. I'll probably be in the office. Um, I, have that. I have a sequence episode coming out tomorrow about a guy that everyone's going to want to know. Camilo Duvall for the, for the San Francisco Giants. He's been closing games for them. I did a little He's breakdown awesome. on him. I talked to the Giants pitching, assistant pitching coach about him, so I get some tidbits. This is a guy that everyone's going to be like, holy shit, like, we're – how did we not know this guy? Where did he come from? Obviously, Giants fans know him, but the rest of the baseball world, you know, know him too. Right. That's awesome. Uh, for me, usually a Rose Rotation episode is out. Uh, for those of you that expected it in your inbox today, I'm not going to apologize. We just we didn't shoot it because I wanted to wait until we knew who was in the playoffs. And so that's why we're taping Glass now. Right when I'm done here, it'll be out either later tonight or first thing tomorrow. And then we're doing two special episodes. I'm doing an American League Divisional Playoff Series preview with Austin Hedges of the Cleveland Guardians now. And I'm doing a National League Divisional Playoff 
preview with Stephen Brault. So Love it'll that. be fun. We're going to have some bonus episodes later this week. Love it. Yep. All right, listen, travel safely. Give everybody a hug up there in the New York office for me. Okay? I will. And we'll figure out the schedule here because we're still going to do this every day, I think, at 11 Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, Monday through Friday. But we got games Saturday and Sunday. I don't know if we're doing shows then. We'll have to figure that out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But most important thing is travel safely. And if you can drop my nutso off on the way. Um, <laughs> I should. I might actually today. Just right the throw it over the gate. <laughs> Hook shot on the way out. Um, All right, brother. Good job. Uh, have a good day. Right, I'll see you later, man. Peace. Bye, everybody. everyone.